WHHH FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, July 18th, 2021. And as we always do, we have a great show for you uh, this morning. A lot happening in the city. Things for you to know and things for you to do. We'll start with what is happening at the Indianapolis Public Library. There is controversy and there are allegations of discrimination and racism inside the Indianapolis Public Library. All of this exploded being first uncovered in a board meeting. And since then, things have only escalated. What exactly is going on and what the library is saying about it now? We will get that answer from our friends at the Indianapolis Recorder when Brianna Cooper joins us coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And then later on in the show at 8.30, we want you to know about one of the new coolest things that we're for sure. It's gonna be an annual tradition. Um, here in the Circle City. It's already party week. We've told you about that before. It's going to end later this week with um, the garden party, which we told you about a couple months ago when it sold out in a couple of literally in 90 seconds, the garden party was sold out. But getting there, there is a week of events, and one of them is Party Way. It's a collaborative art show, but with a twist, with food, with fashion, with music. Uh, it's one of the places that you need to be this week. I'm going to be there, and we will talk with the organizers from Seven House and Artway coming up at 8.30 about this new tradition, this new week of things that are going to be happening in Indy. This isn't their first time doing it, but now it's really going on to the next level. We'll explain all of that, how you can get tickets, where it is. It's in downtown Indy. All of that's coming up this morning at 8.30. But first... We'll bring back a segment that uh, we did for a while, and that is starting you off with the news of the day. I know a lot of people depend on us to give you the information that you need, so we'll kick off the show with this morning's news. Lucas Oil Stadium is hiring. Both the stadium and the Indiana Convention Center are looking for part-time workers needed for large events, conventions, and the Indianapolis Colts game days. They actually hosted an in-person job fair yesterday, but if you missed it, you can go online and find the entire list of jobs. Lucas Oil Stadium and the Convention Center is hiring bartenders, concession, and culinary staff, ushers, gate and field security, ticket staff, housekeeping, parking attendants, and several other positions. Federal investigators have announced charges against 19 people believed to be part of a large drug trafficking ring right here in Indianapolis. Wish TV reports the charges come a day after several raids happened across the city. So far, 18 of the 19 suspects involved have been arrested this weekend. Coronavirus cases are on the rise across the country, and experts say the COVID-19 risk for unvaccinated people is higher than it has ever been. The Delta variant of COVID has contributed to a rise in infections in all 50 states. Here in Indiana, the State Department of Health is reporting 561 new COVID cases and one new death. More than 760,000 Hoosiers have tested positive for COVID since the start of the pandemic. Meanwhile, 2.8 million Hoosiers are now fully vaccinated. In the forecast, we'll see partly cloudy skies and some spotty thunderstorms today with a high of 82 degrees. Monday, we'll have more clouds in the sky with a high of 84. We'll be dry until Friday when showers return. Right now, it is 69 degrees in Indy. 8.05 on your Sunday morning, and there was controversy at the library. Indianapolis recorder Brianna Cooper. Indianapolis recorder reporter Brianna Cooper has been covering the claims of discrimination and calls for change at the Indianapolis Public Library. The allegations include racism, particularly against black women in various levels of leadership, along with the claims of discrimination to staff and guests of other races. This all exploded first in a virtual board meeting last month, 
And since then, there have been calls from union leaders and library staff for a change in library leadership. Brianna Cooper from the Indianapolis Recorder joins us on our live line this morning to explain what's going on and what the library is saying. Brianna, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for uh, waking up early on a Sunday with us. You've been hard at work on this story really for the past month and a half. How did this all start? It looks uh, from from your reporting. I see it started at a virtual board meeting. That's right. I had been reporting on diversity initiatives within NDPL um, really since the beginning of the year uh, when they announced that they would be building new branches in historically underserved communities and partnering with IPS to make sure that students have access. But after a May 24th board meeting, as you mentioned, which was held through Zoom, I started getting emails from former and current employees talking about their experiences with racism and discrimination, as well as what they're seeing from other librarians in, in terms of treatment of patrons of color. So during this May 24th board meeting, um, Bree Flanley, who is a former employee at Central Library, shared her experiences as a black woman within the organization, um, as well as her concerns with ableism um, complaints. Um, she has ADHD. Um, but before she could really start sharing her story, she was muted by board president uh, Judge Jose Salinas. And it wasn't until doctors Patricia Payne and Kala Murtada uh, told Selena to let her speak that she was unmuted and allowed to tell her story. Uh, he did apologize for that. Um, the the That person is also a judge, as you mentioned, and said that he got into judge mode as he would have in the courtroom and would have normally muted that person. But then he had to be reminded, so we're not in court and we're, we can't mute people uh, when they start speaking at a board meeting like this. Right. And when I spoke to him afterwards, he said he was trying to protect everyone's privacy. There were some concerns that Flannelly might share um, internal information about current employees. Um, but he did say, I'm quoting here, I'm disheartened if anyone thinks I'm not sensitive to diversity issues. Two of the people that you mentioned who are on the board who asked him to open uh, that microphone back up to the employee speaking, those are black women. And in, in the, one of the first lines of one of your first stories, uh, you say that the uh, racism that has been alleged has been coming from all levels, but it seems that black women in various levels of leadership at the library are taking the brunt of it. That's right. Um, probably the most notable example is Dr. Terry Jett, who served on the Board of Trustees. Uh, for a few years, she was appointed by the City County Council. Um, her, she ran for uh, board president uh, and was uh, she, she lost that election to Judge Salinas. Um, and she, as well as Dr. Payne, um, mm -hmm. was part um, in that. Go ahead. Did I lose you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I think something cut out, though. But um, what was the last thing that you heard me say? I'm sorry. I was hearing you say that she was a part of the she was appointed to the city council. She was from the city council and was brought over. Right. Um, she, she didn't serve on the city council. I'm sorry. She was appointed by the city county council. Um, she ran for board president and lost that election to Judge Salinas. And both Dr. Jett and Dr. Payne um, say that racism and sexism played a large role in that loss. So since all of this has escalated again, this started in a board meeting, which the way I understand it, this was kind of like in the public comment section. The, the members of the board weren't expecting this information to be delivered in this way. Well, actually, they were. There was an internal email that someone sent me uh, for the initial story where Jackie Neitz, who's NDPL's CEO, um, told the board that there would be a current employee speaking hmm. um, about incidents that happened. There was an internal investigation when Flannelly brought her concerns to uh, Jackie Neitz initially, um, and that report found that um, no, no racism was at play in the situation. So not only has this uh, apparently been happening to... Um, employees and black women, I've seen reporting um, some of yours that was complimented by WFYI. I know you guys have a partnership and work, are working together, but they had mentioned how some of it was uh, toward guests as well, discrimination. 
Right. I've heard from several, um, again, current and former employees, as well as some union members who work in the library, that oftentimes uh, African-American and black patrons are treated poorly when they ask for help. Um, either they aren't given the help that they need or um, librarians or other workers might say something to other employees um, disparaging about um, different groups of people. Specifically, um, I've, I've heard a few times that Muslim patrons um, are often mistreated and uh, workers will make jokes at their expense to other employees. Mm, wow. This... Um whatever whatever you've said has struck a nerve because the the phones are, are are ringing um you've got a number of stories again that you've been doing over the past two months as time advances you're getting louder calls from union members from library staff to make some changes what is it that they're asking for now right the union is calling for uh, CEO Jackie Neas to step down as well as judge Salinas um, to step down from his position on the board, uh, and also to have uh, training, uh, racial uh, equity training for employees on the board. And it's worth noting that a lot of employees at NDPL have gone through racial sensitivity training through uh, Indianapolis Public Schools. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just announced um, June 30th that the entire library board are set to get that racial equity training. So outside of doing the racial equity training, which sounds like it was something that they were already doing, what is the response from the library about this as a whole? Because this has started to blow up and this isn't this has not gone away since that that late May board meeting. Right. Uh, every time that I've spoken to um, Ms. Neitz, um since this initial story, um, she says that the entire library is on a journey. And so she's emphasizing that this training will take place. However, both she and Salinas have said that they have no plans on stepping down. So is there, um, have they at all, have they verified or or denied that any of these things that folks are saying are happening are happening? Right. So Neitz, again, did say that everyone's on a journey, her words. Um, However, she did say that the situation isn't as bad as people are making it seem. Um, It is important to note, though, that um, Dr. Payne, who serves on the board, has confirmed a lot of the things that I've heard from former current workers. Yeah, board member Payne, uh, who you're talking about there, continuously seems to, in real time, sometimes at these board meetings, verify or back up what uh, the, the staff working for the library or the guests working for the library are saying. And that is something you don't often see. No, not at all. There, there have been several times in, in conversations with Dr. Payne where I had to double-check that she was on record, but she's been on record every time um, speaking in defense of, of workers and, and former and current. So what, what, where, where, where are we on that journey uh, that uh, library leaders speak of? Besides, um, you know, the, the EDI training that's already occurring is, is that helping to calm the waters, or is there more to come? Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say that it's helping calm the waters. When I spoke with union members, uh, a lot of them kind of used Jackie Nietzsche's words against her about being on a journey. That they need a leader who has already been on the journey and who has mm. already done the reading. So I, I wouldn't say that it's calming down at all. Uh, all of Brianna's reporting over the past uh, two months is on the Indianapolis Recorder website. If you are not a subscriber, become a subscriber because uh, this stuff is hard to report. A lot of newsrooms will look at this and say, eh, we could do it, but it's difficult. And I do not envy you at all, Brianna, for this type of journalism because um, it it gets murky. It gets... It gets um, it's just, it's tough to cover it and you're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, Can you stick around for a second? Like I said, the phone lines are ringing and I think folks want to chime in on on some of your stories and and maybe even some of their experiences there at the library. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk to some folks on the phone. Uh, Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Who's this? This is Guy. Guy, good morning. Good morning to you and your guests. What's it's, on your mind, sir? It's a very interesting topic this morning, and 
generally speaking, it seems that as we move along, and I guess it is kind of a journey in terms of uh, ethnic relations because, you know, there's only one race, that's the human race. And uh, I think that we have to keep in mind that this country really is an experiment in terms of bringing different cultures in one situation or one system, essentially. And unfortunately, a lot of times, the cultures that are brought into the system or that are in the system don't know a whole lot about each other. Now, the uh, culture that has been primarily what you could call dominant, uh, you know, they get a lot of exposure and the other cultures can see this exposure, but their particular cultures don't necessarily get that type of exposure. So there is bound to be misunderstandings between the cultures. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm following what you're saying. What, and, do, you, what, and, what do you think and, should be done? How do, well, you, how do we come it, out of this? It, as I say, I think it is a journey, and I think you have to look at the things that have been done. For instance, in the library, in the Central Library downtown, there's been a whole wing devoted to, for instance, um, black culture. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. I the, yeah, although the library is right behind the station, I haven't been over there in a long time. Yeah, they have a whole wing that's dedicated to black culture and literature and, and and music and that type of thing. There are other programs that they've had in terms of diversity, uh, dealing with uh, uh, black artists mm-hmm. every every uh, Black History Month. Uh, so there are things being done, and that's why I say I guess it's a journey. But my point is there's bound to be misunderstandings between folks that are not educated appropriately. And that's I think that's where we have to concentrate our efforts in terms of educating people because basically any person on earth, if you put them into a specific situation, they're going to react similarly. All right, Guy. I appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Good morning. All right. We got a couple more calls. Let's take them before we wrap up here uh, at 239-9696. Caller, you're live on open lines. Who's this? Good morning. It's Larry Vaughn. You know, I'm sick and tired of hearing these white women come on, staring up trouble. Look at the city-county meeting Monday night, Cameron. You see how those white women were in there manipulating them black women, making them go up there to the microphone, start cussing. And doing nothing but manipulating them. And then when they went out, I went out with them when the sheriff officers told them to leave. They were trying to get arrested on behalf to get stir something up. These black women, they always talk about they ain't got no men, right? Well, what's happening okay. is these black lives women uh, 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 members, the black lives women, white women, they are trying to steal these black women, men. That's why they can't find no man now. Holy and I'm sick and tired every time I hear them and see them trying to get close to black men, trying to befriend black women so they can steal their men. All That's why right. they ain't got no they ain't got no man now. I'm okay. sick of these white women. I'm sick of them. Okay. All right. Uh, Larry Vaughn, if you guys would like to respond to Larry, don't call the radio station. Go to his YouTube page. It's Larry the Glass Man or something like that, and you can let him know how you feel about what he has to say. Uh, 317-239-9696. One more call. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Um, I I want to. I just want to say for me and in, in, in my practice in dealing with this so-called racism thing, uh, us as, as, as black folk, uh, I think we need to ignore the racism and uh, send it to the proper uh, file charges at the proper authorities uh, where we do that. And we need to study more about our own selves and our own wealth and and not participate uh, in this racism. Uh, Black women and men, you know, need to come to the community uh, because we we can better associate uh, ourselves with them versus sending white folks to our community to try to fix something. Uh, so me, myself, I personally do not participate in racism. Uh, you know, I have done, uh, foul charges in, in, in the past. Uh, but again, I, I don't, I, I can't, I can't vision us continuing year after year, day after day, uh, participating in these things 
when, again, our intelligence is so high. We have these educated black women, educated black men, and we need to educate ourselves more so that we can take the proper positions that we need to do to make our community wealthy. Thank you. You guys have a great day today. And uh, hey, Brianna. <laughs> All right. Th- thank you for the call, Paul. Uh, Brianna, as you can see, uh, and as you already know, I'm sure that this is a, a topic that people have a wide uh, array of uh, opinions and, and things they want to chime in on. As you said, it doesn't appear that this is dying down. What are you hearing from library staff and the union workers about what they're going to do next while the library leadership is on their journey? Well, and I think it's worth noting a West Perry branch just had their grand opening yesterday. Yes, I did. was there for a little bit. Um, they do have a lot of displays for um uh, black culture, as a, a previous earlier mentioned, the Central Library does have the Center for Black Literature and Culture um, that's run by uh, Nichelle Hayes, who, just to to highlight her accomplishments, she was just named a mover and shaker by the National Library Journal, so she's doing great work over the CBLC. Um, as far as the union members, they are going to continue to rally and call for uh, resonations and make sure that um, the, the union president, Michael Torres, told me uh, a few weeks ago that, you know, the union is always there to help employees who are having issues with um, discrimination or racism, uh, no matter what level it's coming from. Um, so I think for now, from my understanding, there's just going to be a lot more uh, conversations happening internally, uh, both within the library and the, the union individually. And you mentioned that West Perry branch. I go past that building every day, twice a day at least. And I forgot to go to the grand opening yesterday, but I did hear that um, there was uh, there's a lot of not only diversity within that library for um, black culture, but also the the Perry Township side of town has a, a growing population of, of Asian students um, and English language learners. And I hear that's a large part of the library as well. Th- that's definitely what I saw yesterday. Yes. All right, uh, so I have to go check out the library. My bad, library. Forgot to go see that. I, I've watched that building get built the entire time, and I forgot to go yesterday. Uh, nevertheless, uh, if you have forgot to check out the Indianapolis Recorder and what they have going on, or if you have uh, for uh, forgot to renew your subscription to the Indianapolis Recorder, now is a good time to pick up the phone, jump on your laptop, and subscribe to the Indianapolis Recorder because uh, this is one of the only places that you'll find this type of in-depth reporting. As you see, Brianna's worked hard to get both sides, and really both sides have told her, yeah, that's it, it, happening. And in their own ways, they are trying to move forward. So, Brianna, the, I know you're not done with this. Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you and find all of your work? Yeah, you can visit the IndianapolisRecorder.com. Or to reach out to me, you can send me an email at Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A-C, at IndieRecorder.com. All right. The Indianapolis Recorder's Brianna Cooper working hard and waking up early on a Sunday with us to keep us informed. Brianna, thank you so much. And again, great work. Thank you. All right. Oh, Brianna, before you go, before you go, I know you tweeted yesterday you were looking for some things to cover um, when it comes to uh, black culture and arts, because that's not your beat, but you love covering it and you miss it. Stay tuned to this next segment. It's going to be your next story of what they're doing uh, for Party Week and Party Way, if you haven't already covered that. All right. I'll be listening in. Thank you. All right. All right. And that tees us up for the tease, ladies and gentlemen. That was a tease of what is coming up next on the show. Uh, We've told you it is party week and there are a list of events that are happening in the city. Some of them already happening this weekend. Some of them happening today. Um, And you need to be there. We're going to introduce you to uh, some of the hardworking local organizers who are working to make Indianapolis an an even better place for artists, uh, fashion, of food, of music, uh, you name it. Party way is coming up this Thursday and you need to be there. We'll tell you why and what you are going to see uh, coming up when the Open Line Show with Cameron Riddle continues on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC.
We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. Clown Prince of Hip Hop, Biz Marquis, has died at the age of 57. And this morning, we are paying our respect. Biz Marquis, whose real name is Marcel Hall, was a human beatbox, as well as a DJ and rapper. Along with making hits like this, Just a Friend, Biz Marquis had an acting career, appearing in several films and TV shows, including Men in Black 2. He was also the narrator on the adult puppet show Crank Yankers and on the children's series Yo Gabba Gabba with his Biz Beats of the Day. According to NPR, he had reportedly been ill for months. Rolling Stone is reporting Biz had been in and out of the hospital related to his long battle with type 2 diabetes, but an official cause of death has not yet been determined. His manager says he passed away peacefully. Biz Marquis was 57. That's my favorite part of the song. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Well, Indy, it is party week here in Indianapolis, and we've been telling you about the big garden party that our friends at Be Nimble are hosting this Saturday. The proceeds of that event help fund upstart companies for black-owned businesses and their business owners right here in Indianapolis. But leading up to all of that is a week of events. Garden party is sold out on Friday, but there is still on Saturday, but there is still plenty for you to do this week. There was a black-owned clothing summit last night. Today is Sunday Fun Day with wine, music, and food tasting today from 2 until 5. Friday will then feature a pop-up and sip, a pop-up sip and shop, I should say. That'll have local business owners. They'll be showcasing their music, their food, fashion, and more. Before we even get to Friday, though, there is Party Way, the festival. It is a collaborative art show, but with a twist. It will happen from 7 p.m. until 11. The organizers from the organization Seven House and Artway have teamed up to become part of Party Week, and they'll be hosting Party Way, featuring their visual artists, creatives who are in, who are fashion-oriented, as well as culinary artists, It'll all be under one roof, and in the background, you'll hear your favorite hip-hop and R&B. If you like food, if you like art, fashion, or music, Party Way is where you need to be on Thursday. I'm going to be there because it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Joining us this morning on our live line uh, are the people who are putting this together. Kenny Walton, he is the founder of Seven House and Artway. Also on the line is co-founder Grant Sims and director of marketing and entertainment Diamond Spells. Kenny, Grant, and Diamond are all on the live line this morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I love what you guys are doing. Shout out to our producer, Amp, for putting this on the radar for me. Let me know that this was going on. Uh, a, a full week of different things going on with Party Week. Party Way is on Thursday. Explain to people exactly what that is and what they're going to see. So on Party Way on Thursday, we're going to bring together all facets of artistry. It's going to be on display under one roof. From your culinary artists, of course, your visual artists, your fashion artists, and then we're going to have Great vibes by DJ Drastic, and it will also be hosted by Ashback. So we just want everyone to come out, and you'll see pretty much anything. It's a fashion-forward event, but we do not like to give people a dress code. So we just want everyone to come out, be as creative as possible, network, have fun, get some food, get some drinks, and just 
try to vibe out with this. So I've seen you guys have done this a couple of times now in different, you've done it in different cities. I believe everybody here is from Indianapolis. Why, what, what's the special connection with you guys doing this in Indy? What do you want this to be? Um, I think the special connection is just that we know so many talented artists, um, that just need platforms or that would like to have platforms. So we kind of just want to be, um, just the middle of that kind of just give these artists a platform confidence um hopefully you know boost their crowd boost their sales etc through our shows i know you guys have been uh, to other cities and you lived in other places and worked in other places and particularly with the arts um it seems like the artists in other cities are always competing like there's not enough room for them but it is my observation having moved back to indianapolis that here there aren't uh, there aren't enough platforms for artists. They're way, they're always looking for something to be part of, and we're not always the uh, uh, the most progressive with giving the artists of all different, whether it's music, whether it's music videos or food or whatever. We're not always first to raise our hand and say, "Hey, we we're going to do an event for you guys." Absolutely, we feel the same way, and so. With um, what we've noticed in the Indianapolis community, as you mentioned, there's just not a lot of opportunities for millennials and freelance artists, um, especially artists that are overlooked or that doesn't have any exposure. And so with Party Way, uh, we're able to celebrate the achievements of Black creatives through Black excellence, while also adding, you know, that positive twist to a night out for family and friends who just love being inspired, having fun. And also, you know, enjoy networking with like-minded creatives. What, what's the response from uh, from the people who we're going to see as as far as what they bring to the table? How excited are they about this? Um, I know back uh, just over the past year, the city had done a couple of brand new things, like just allowing people to play music uh, in the park and allowing people to play to perform while people were standing in line to vote was a big deal because. That's something other cities do on a daily basis. But for us, it was like, oh, this this new thing. Let's play music and let people watch while being outside. What And the, the artists were very excited about that. So what, what are your folks uh, uh, saying? Because there are a lot of talented um, rappers and singers and actors and, and cooks and you name it all right here in Indy. But oftentimes I know they feel like they have to leave Indy to get that exposure or to hit big, if you will. Yeah. So with, so with um, the Seven House and, you know, Be Nimble and We Like the Party team, we're really just creating that platform that, that you're talking about to just give these artists, these DJs, these chefs, um, and fashion designers the opportunity to really just bring their brand out, you know, really bring brand recognition to their brands. They're excited um, about the music. We have Ash Mac as our host, um, DJ Draft Pick as our DJ. And we're just looking for an epic event. Um, this is probably one of the biggest event, events held by Black millennials um, thus far in Indianapolis. And so we're just excited um, for everything that is in store for this event on July 22nd. We are on the air this morning with the members of Seven House and Artway. They are putting on Party Way, the festival. It is Thursday from 7 until 11. Kenny Grant and Diamond are on the line with us uh, this morning. You guys, tell us about uh, Seven House and Artway. Party Way is just one of the things you do, but it's an overall foundation of things. So just as a creative curation company, we kind of just tried to put together hence creative events. And we do everything from collabing with local brands for brunch. Uh, we tried to collab with merchandise, fashion, anything in creative realm and that works. And we agree with everyone in the, like all parties involved. We like to be a part of it. And Artway just kind of became our baby. So we just took it on the road, kind of experimented with it. Got a lot of good feedback within our community. And the fun thing about Artway is no matter what city we're in, Indianapolis is very well represented. If that's not from artists, that's from friends, family, supporters, traveling by the 50s and 100s, just to come out and support Artway. And honestly, the, the reaction for this event has been great. We've already sold over 375 tickets. So that's kind of why we're just been pushing everyone, get your tickets. We don't want to be able to tell you no. We don't want you to show up at the door and be like, uh, we can't let you in. I know, man, we knew. Yeah, sorry. So that's our big push on everything because after COVID, 
everyone's looking for something to do. The artists have been creating for so long, just kind of without any appreciation. So we're putting all that on the forefront on July 22nd. The, as you mentioned, get your tickets now. They're online. Where, where's, where, how do people get those tickets? You, you Google Party Way? Um, you can get those tickets at partyway.splashback.com. This, you mentioned this is also a family event, so bring out the whole family for this. Absolutely. Bring out the whole family. Um, there'll be stuff for all ages. Like we, like we said earlier, we'll have a couple uh, things in there for people to be creative. Um, there's fashion vendors. I know everybody likes to eat. Um, but, of course, you just got to be 21 to drink. But all ages are welcome. So um, who's on the lineup? Who are we going to see there? You mentioned different cooks and different singers. What When I walk in the door, and this is downtown, by the way, um, what am I going to see? So when you so when you walk in, um, we're going to have a really um, curated art area. Um, actually, that area is created by Justice Coleman, um, our very own Miss Indiana. And then we also have lots of vendors. You'll be able to see Seven House, If You Dare, Diamond Monet, Art by Kesu. Um, those are just to name a few. We have 12, a 12 artist lineup. Uh, which is the most artists we've ever had for a show. So super excited about that. Um, we have four culinary chefs. Uh, we'll have food from crab fries, mini tacos, mushroom sliders. I mean, we have the works. Um, this is an incredible event. We, it's kind of like a mini festival. It's a mini festival for everyone to come out on a Thursday, the perfect, the perfect event for um, the pre-weekend. Um. It's, it's, it's I as you were talking about the food. I'm like, hmm, that does sound pretty good. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, where is this? This is downtown. What's the location? Yeah, so yeah. the location is 201 South Capitol Avenue, um, Indianapolis, Indiana, and it's right. Um, it's literally the building that was the old um, skating rink or hockey rink, as you would call it. I think somebody was going to chime in and say something too. One of the fellas. No, Diamond, Diamond has completely covered. It's the old skating rink. It's the old hockey rink. And um, fun fact, the guests at Partyway, that building is, from what I understand, uh, going to be allowed to be renamed by the guests attending Partyway. So there will be a section for that, and the guests will give a chance to give their input on what they think this new venue or this new space should be named. And I think that's really cool. So I just want everyone... It allows everyone to be creative, and I think it's going to be a really good time. With with the three of you and all of your hard work and then the different things that are going on for Party Week alone with what Be Nimble is doing and all of the other events, um, you guys are creating your own thing, and I think this is going to be a tradition uh, year after year that this week becomes its own thing. What does it feel like? I, I know for you guys it's probably overwhelming. You don't see maybe all the – what you're building every time as you're doing it. Um, but what is, what is it like right now with all of these, the millennials and the Gen X do it, or is it Gen Z, whatever it is, doing their own thing and creating their own legacies? What is that like for you guys to look around and see what you guys are building? Um, I just think it feels great. I think it's honestly um, a beautiful thing to be able to look around and just see our peers and um, also just seeing our city grow um culturally and creatively is also a beautiful thing so i think for us to just be a part of this and a part of events like black innovation week and party Gras, i just think it's uh it's super humbling it's really a beautiful thing to us so we're just thankful um first and foremost to be a part of it all right give us the uh details one more time the time and the place and the website, which we will also put on our website and with the podcast so people can click it directly and get you some tickets. Yeah, so further details for that is July 22nd from 7 to 10 p.m. And the address is 201 South Capitol Avenue, Indianapolis, Indiana, right downtown Indianapolis. All right. It is a family affair. Uh, there is no dress code, but come dressed to impress because there are people who are fashionable who will be there. So don't embarrass yourself. Uh, however, it is going to be a good time uh, on Thursday. All of this put together between Party Way, Sunday Fun Day that's happening today, the Garden Party. All of this for a greater cause, but it's fun. 
And I'm just going to say that this feels like its own Black Expo to me. It's its own thing. They're trying to compete with the other thing that just ended last week, the the Black Expo, the summer celebration. But this party week is is forming little by little into its own thing that will be as big as uh, Summer Celebration and Black Expo. And so overall, I'm just saying I like what I'm seeing from you, Kenny, Grant, and Diamond, and and the folks at Be Nimble, and Jeff and I want to get start saying names because I forget people. But uh, nevertheless, I will be there on Thursday to check this out, and uh, hope that uh, some of the listeners come out and see all the hard work that you guys are doing to keep Indianapolis active and on the map and give a platform uh, for black artists, cooks, singers, rappers, whatever, you name it, but also uh, to show just overall black excellence. So Kenny Grant and Diamond, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. Thank, thank you, you so much, Cameron. It. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. And as they said, uh, Hot 96.3's very own Ash Mack is hosting on Thursday, so she will be there to keep you entertained. All right, guys, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks so much. See you there. All right. Thank you. All right. We've got uh, 849 here this morning on the show, and we got about 10 minutes left. So let's go ahead and open the phone lines. We will do open lines for the last uh, 10 minutes of the show. Whatever is on your mind that you want to uh, share with the Indianapolis community. Now's the time to pick up the phone. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Uh, one of the things we can talk about is, hey, did you go to Expo this week or summer celebration in its 50th year form coming out of the pandemic? I know a lot of people are upset about the uh, the concert being canceled on Friday due to the weather. Uh, nevertheless, Expo had a lot of things that they had to overcome this year coming out of a pandemic and still put on an event. You had the Black and Minority Health Fair going on uh, this weekend and so still serving their purpose to uh, give, uh, I think it was $2,500 worth of free health screenings at the Indiana Convention Center. Uh, and so they are still serving their purpose. So uh, if you went to any of those events, call in, let us know uh, how they how it went down for you. And if you enjoyed yourself uh, and what you're looking forward to for next year. Outside of that, what do you guys think about what's going on uh, here in, in the city? What's happening on your streets? 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Uh, we had a good conversation last week with uh, Prosecutor uh, Ryan Mears. Um, and the phones were ringing until even after we got off the air uh, with that particular part of the show. Uh, of course, when we were talking about what do we do, what are the tactics being used uh, for crime in our city? And a lot of you had uh, things to chime in on that. Uh, some people are saying, well, how can you even trust uh, law enforcement right now when you, at the same time you're getting reports about what happened at the FBI with that Larry Nassar situation with the FBI uh, getting blasted for essentially not doing their job and not moving within a timely manner. So you have all of these different components of what uh, is going on. Uh, we're also getting ready to go back to school. As hard as that is to believe, uh, school now starts at the end of July. It should at least start at the beginning of August. If anyone uh, has any um, back-to-school drives that you know about, please call in and let us know about that um, so that we can uh, share that information. I know one of the particular uh, back-to-school drives that we do uh, is not actually happening this year, still due to COVID. Um, but nevertheless, uh, please connect with me online. Send me an email if you have an event that you are hosting uh, so we can get people there and get them the help that they need because, as we know, it has been a hard year. Uh, send me an email, please. C-R-I-D-L-E at radio o n e Dot com. Send me any information on that. And also, send me any any other things that are going on in the community. If you have someone who you want to, uh, who, who deserves some highlight, who you want to have on the show, who you want to have um, highlight, highlighted an event, something going on, also send it to my email. And let's stay in touch. Uh, C-R-I-D-L-E at radio-one.com. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter or Facebook and send me a message there. Got a couple of calls on the open lines live line this morning, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. It is open lines uh, for the rest of the show. What is on your mind as we go to the phone lines? Caller on line one, good morning. Who's this? Good 
Good morning. This is Rosalind. Rosalind, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm calling about the free concert in Brownsburg. How was it? Well, obviously, I think Elder Barge got on the stage and then it rained. Well, I want to tell you about the whole process. Getting in there was awful. It was about two or three hour wait, one way in, one way out. Um, and the fact that they knew all week that it was going to be raining, an 80% chance of rain. And to bring all of us out there and put us in harm's way out in the country, um, being African-American, um, it was nothing but cops all around, and it was awful. How it was did- awful. It should have been canceled before the concert started. We were in line still at 7.30, and the concert hadn't started. That was supposed to start at 6 o'clock. It should have been canceled. How Why did bring- how did the police, you mentioned the police and there were a lot of police. How, how were you treated? Did you have any issues with that? No, we did not. But uh, I just thought it was, it was just not a good spot way out in Brownsburg when it's supposed to be the Indianapolis Black Expo or Indiana Black Expo. Um, 45 minutes to get out there and to find out that you're in the line for two hours, two to three hours, that the time the service canceled. That should have been done prior to like they did several years ago when they headed in the convention center. So I just want to say that I was very, very disappointed. I will never, ever go to Brownsburg ever again to any type of free concert so if tanya mckenzie and the black expo crew is listening as someone who still went to support you still went out to brownsburg you still bought the ticket you were still a supporter what would you ask of them for next year please don't have it way out in the country somewhere and if it's raining go ahead and try to have an inside uh, event or just cancel it that morning don't let us get out there in all that brain and have to go through all of that agony and the traffic and just everything. It was just ridiculous. All right. One way in and one way out. Really? Come on now. With thousands and thousands of cars. That was awful. All right. Thank you so much for calling in and letting us know how it was. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. 317-239-9696. Open lines for the next couple of minutes. Let's go to the caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Michael. Michael, what's on your mind? Um, uh, two, one, I'm going to speak this real quick. Okay. Number one, I didn't know the concert was going to be held in Brownsburg. Okay. That's something that should have never been done. As many years Indiana Black Expo been here in Indianapolis, it should have been held downtown like it normally is. Number two, a subject that black parents need to look at seriously. Critical race theory. Critical race theory is talking about atrocities and things that happened to black Americans coming from then to now. These people are upset. They're talking about it portrays their sons and daughters as demons. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. History needs to be taught. Young kids coming up now, they need to know about their history. So are, are, you, are you saying that critical race theory should be taught or should not be taught? I'm saying it should be taught. Okay. It's talking about black history. Well, and it should be noted, just this is one of the controversies that has happened in the schools. No elementary or middle or high school is teaching critical race theory. This is a topic that is taught at the college level. There's not a single school anywhere that is actually uh, teaching this, nor should it be because uh, that's not that's a college-level course. But what is happening in schools and what should be happening is teaching students uh, how to treat uh, their, their fellow students, how staff should be treating their students, and to understand that kids come from different backgrounds and have different cultures and that all of those should be respected. However, we'll talk about some more of that uh, on, a, on a later show. But I just wanted to throw out there that just because you're teaching students res- how to respect each other uh, and, and why things may be different, uh, that's not critical race theory. That's just teaching basic matters and teaching respect, which... The schools should be teaching critical race theory is a college course. Uh, a couple more minutes left on the show. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. 
Good morning. You're live Hello? on the air. You got about a minute. You got about 30 seconds. Yes, I can. You got about you got about 30 yes, seconds. What's on your mind? David Harwell. I moved here from California uh, two years ago, and I can't believe the amount of violence that I've experienced living here. I'm a, I work for Royals, Royals Royce, uh-huh. and I've gotten working for a, I'm a caretaker. And I try to go to Brightwood, where my father lives, to teach these kids how to become adults, how to do the right thing. I believe there should be a requirement in high school to take a course how to deal with public safety. It should be a requirement for graduation. You have to take so many courses. My sister and I saw a plight back at our high school, Los Altos High School, in Hacienda Heights, California, where we talked to our principal, and we told our principal we need a peer counseling class as a requirement for graduation. And it actually alleviated a lot of problems in our community, in our school, where kids got together and knew their peers, knew their community. It needs to be an actual requirement, public safety course, class, to deal with how to deal with police, how to approach the police. Don't pull out your cell phone and yell at police, not to, uh, uh, to be belligerent, not to be a, a huge discrepancy with police officers. It needs to be a requirement in the city of Indianapolis. I would love to meet with uh, Holcomb and, uh, and speak with, uh, regarding this plight. You guys have a huge problem. This is a huge problem in this city. I've never, I'm 39 years old, African-American, and, and, and grew up in California and came out here two years two years ago, and I never experienced so, so much violence. All right. And you're good. I cannot, don't let me jump on gun laws because <laughs> all right. I, 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 I've never touched a gun in my life. All right. All right. Hey, hey. We're, we're out of time. We're out of time. I appreciate all the passion. We will continue this conversation on a later show. It is 9 o'clock, and we have to get off the air on Hot 96.3. Your favorite music is on the way, and on WTLC, here comes Al Sharpton with the Hour of Power. I'm Cameron Riddle, and we will be back next Sunday, same time, same stations, live at 8.